Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy, happy Monday. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, I wanted to jump on real quick. I literally have about 40 minutes of free time and I won't be taking calls or anything, but I wanted to just catch up on some stuff. There's a lot going on in the boxing world. And so I wanted to catch up on a few things, review some recent fights, preview what's coming up this weekend, uh, because there's some big news that's going to drop in boxing um, soon in coming days and weeks, um, maybe even coming days. So uh, the next show that I do, I want to be able to dedicate to that, okay? Um, I'm not at liberty to discuss. I'm not going to talk about, divulge the things that I've heard from sources I've talked to. Uh, you guys, I'm sure, have seen some of the uh, rumors going around on um, X and on YouTube and all of that. So you guys know my style. I'm not going to talk about rumors and stuff like that. I'd rather wait till things are uh, concrete and um, confirmed, right? And official. So I'll talk about, but there's going to be some interesting things dropping soon and it's going to have an effect on the business um, that we're going to be talking about because it's going to deal with large platforms and, and large stars. Okay. But um, lots of good stuff going on. Um, fights coming together to discuss. And I wanted to hit on that uh, real quick today. Uh, Jack Alter in the chat. Trey Anner in the chat. What's up, guys? Um, yeah, look, I didn't announce this. I literally just asked my wife like five minutes ago, hey, can I go on real quick? Because um, we, we got some free time for a few minutes. Um, so anyway, I just it's going to be a quick show. You, uh, most of you guys are going to be seeing this, hearing it way later. Uh, hopefully a few of you can catch it live. I appreciate all of you on here. Chris Bergen's on. I appreciate it, guys. But and as always, uh, by the way, I should mention uh, this is TNC three sixty eight. <laughs> uh, click the notification bell. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Ryan Garcia versus Devin Haney for April twentieth. This will be uh, Haney. I believe it's his first defense of the WBC. Uh, junior welterweight uh, title that he won off of Regis Progray. And this is probably going to be in Las Vegas on the zone pay-per-view. So look, um, I have to give both of these guys credit, but I got to give Ryan Garcia even more credit. Ryan Garcia um, is one of the biggest brands in boxing. I didn't say he's one of the best fighters. I said he's one of the biggest brands in boxing. And, you know, obviously that's due to his social media presence and all that. But I mention it because he could fight anybody he wants and he'll do numbers. Now, he's not going to do huge numbers like he did with Gervonta Davis. He needs to fight a, a fighter on that level to get those huge numbers. But he can pretty much fight whoever he wants and get his guarantee. And, um, yeah, he, he can just live in that world. But he is choosing to challenge himself. With Gervonta Davis, I think that he bit off a little more than he could chew, and he maybe made the deal with the devil there to, to get some, some cash and to get to that next level, next stratosphere of stardom, whatever it was. Uh, but that fight didn't go well for him, obviously. This fight against Devin Haney, and this is where I'm going to start giving Devin Haney some credit too. This fight with Devin Haney, there's no catch weight. There's no um, limitations, rehydration clauses. Uh, Haney's not going to tell Ryan Garcia what he can eat or drink, which literally Javante Davis and Floyd Mayweather did. They literally told him what he could eat or drink. Uh, they're not going to get that crazy, right? Devin Haney is going to fight them straight up at 140. So 
let's give Devin Haney credit for once again doing what Gervonta Davis would never do. You know, Haney traveling to Australia twice, signing a deal with Aram to get the fights with Cambosos, uh, fighting Lomachenko, a guy that Tank ducked. And I know everyone's like, why you got to bring up Tank? Because it's relevant here. I love, look, there, there's the Fab Five, right? There's, uh, and, and I, that's just my nickname for him. But it, Ryan Garcia is one of them. Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson, Gervonta Davis, Tiafima Lopez. Boom. Those five guys are young American stars in and around the same weight classes. The only ones who have fought multiple fighters in that list is now Ryan Garcia. Um, so I, I give him a lot of credit. That being said, I rate him five out of those five fighters, just as, in terms of his ability. He's the fifth best of them. Um, I don't know if, if Ryan Garcia is ever going to win a legitimate world title. He might get a regular an interim, some crap like that. But I just don't know if he's on that level. Who knows, though? Maybe he'll look spectacular in this fight against Devin Haney and have a fantastic performance and win and shock the world and prove that he really is a legitimate elite-level fighter. But my money is on Devin Haney by decision. I think that this will be a more competitive fight than Garcia's fight with Lopez um, Davis. And a lot of that's going to have to do with him just being healthy. But it's also a contrast, different styles. Haney doesn't punch very hard. He's not a power punching guy. He doesn't go for the kill. Um, he's going to have a healthy fighter that he's facing. He's not going to be able to take advantage of injuries and things like that, like Gervonta could. And so uh, I see this going to distance. I don't know if it's going to be a terribly exciting fight, but I like Haney points here. And this is a, another brand building thing for team Haney uh, uh, as they are on their way to the welterweight division. He's going to be at welterweight sooner than you guys think. Okay. Also, um, last show I did was what last, last Friday. And we just found out that Tyson Fury had cut himself over the right eye. I believe it is. It's, and that's that same eye he's cut multiple times in different fights. Right. And so when I did that show, I went live, we talked about it. We didn't have any information at that time. We didn't know uh, how bad the cut was. Is it going to require surgery? How long's the recovery? When can they fight? Are they going to fight? I, at that point, I'm like, is Tyson Fury going to fight again? Like, I just didn't know how bad the cut was. Okay, within about 48 hours, we had answers from His Excellency Turkey Al-Sheikh, who announced that they have rescheduled the fight for May 18th. Same undercard they were going to have before. They just moved the entire show to May 18th. So we've got to wait. What, three more months. And, and that fight was supposed to happen this weekend, right? Supposed to happen this weekend. I was really hyped about that card. Love the promo. You guys remember my video on that. So now it's three months out. Uh, the question, and we'll talk more about this as the fight gets closer. You know, I hate that it throws uh, both guys off their natural training rhythm. Usyk has been jerked around for the last couple of years trying to win the Tyson Fury sweepstakes and get that undisputed fight that he's so desperately has wanted. I do wonder if that's going to cost him. Uh, we'll find out. But again, I go back to the example of Gennady Golovkin with Canelo Alvarez and him kind of sitting around and letting Canelo dictate terms and get him off of his rhythm and all of that. Um, it, it just, he didn't seem as sharp to me going into that rematch. 
and you know, after that, his, his career is completely stalled out. So I hope that's not what's happening here. We'll see. My biggest question, though, is Tyson Fury's cut going to be healed enough? I, I don't know. Again, he's he's cut that eye multiple times. There's several fights I could think of where he's busted that eye open. So if I'm Usyk, again, remember, Usyk is a southpaw. So he's coming with a, you know, he's not coming with a straight right hand. He's coming with a straight left hand, or he can loop it. I would go right after that eye. That's the first place I would go if I'm him. I'm jabbing my way in to the chest, getting underneath Fury shots and looping those uh, left hands right at that eye. We'll see what happens. Here's the thing, guys. Two weeks after that, literally two weeks after that, on June 1st, Turkey Al-Al-Sheikh has announced that Artur Biderbiev is going up against Dmitry Bivol, in, also in Saudi Arabia. Here's the kicker. That is regular ESPN. You heard me right. According to Bob Arum in the United States, that will not be a pay-per-view. That will be regular ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. So those two fights within two weeks of each other. Now, remember, this is the undisputed heavyweight championship, the undisputed light heavyweight championship. Uh, three of the four fighters on uh, in those two fights are pound-for-pound level guys, you know, dudes on most people's pound for pound list. Uh, so that's, that's a big deal. I also find it interesting that those two fights, which are clearly the biggest fights of the year, they're going to be overseas. They're not taking place in the United States. I think that is very telling and it's indicative of some things we'll be talking about in, uh, pretty soon and in, in the coming days and weeks as certain news drops. But um, now here's the thing. Canelo Alvarez, now, his name is going to be very relevant in the news um, coming up. But generally speaking, he likes to fight around Cinco de Mayo weekend, right? He's the biggest, most bankable star in the sport of boxing. Uh, Forbes, Highest paid athletes. Canelo's always in what the top 10, top five. He's I think he's been the top guy a couple of times, right? So he um he's the most bankable star in the sport. And if you're promoting Canelo, or nobody really promotes Canelo, nobody has for a while. He kind of is his own thing. Promoters work in association with Canelo. Okay, put it to you that way. Uh, that's the way to handle business with him. Matchroom did very, very well because that's how they approached it. They did well with their contract with Canelo. Um, you're basically working in association with him and th those promoters and just the business of boxing in general. They love to have Canelo fight around Cinco de Mayo and then Mexican Independence Day. Right now, there are rumors about, and again, I'm not going to divulge too much here, but I'll just give you guys the possible names that are being thrown out there. I have a very strong feeling which way this is going to go because of people I've talked to. Uh, but again, we'll save that conversation for later. If Canelo Alvarez fights around Cinco de Mayo, which uh, this year that will be Saturday, I think is the fourth. If he actually fights on that date, now nothing's been announced, but if he does, guys, within one calendar month, May 4th, you get Canelo, the biggest star in the sport, versus fill in the blank. Two weeks later, you get Fury Usyk. Two weeks later after that, you get Beter Biev Bivol. All three of those are for undisputed championships, super middleweight, heavyweight, 
light heavyweight. Three undisputed championship fights within four weeks, four calendar weeks, one month. I cannot think of any time in my lifetime that that's ever happened. That's a big deal. That's a real big deal. That's going to be a hell of a month for boxing fans. Now, obviously, Canelo's fight will be pay-per-view. So you're going to have to buy two of the two of those shows will be pay-per-views. Um, but the other one comes with your ESPN plus subscription. So I mean, I mean, you're paying for that in a sense, but you're not paying extra, right? Um, so you're going to have to pay. And it remains to be seen. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll just, we don't know yet. How about this? We don't know yet which platform Canelo will be fighting on. I'll just say that. We don't know where that's, that fight's taking place, but the name's being thrown around. Terrence Crawford. We've heard that name. We've heard um, Jermall Charlo, not Jermall, but Jermall. We've heard Jaime Munguia. We've heard David Benavidez. Now, I can tell you guys who I want to see Canelo fight. You know, a lot of you guys are talking about Canelo versus Benavidez. And, and a lot of people are suggesting that Canelo is avoiding Benavidez or he's going to duck him. Here's my thing with David Benavidez. He has nobody to blame but himself and his management. He's He chose to re-sign with his current management when he could have went another direction. He could have signed with a different promoter a while back. And because he did that, it's limited his career. He also chose to be a moron in his personal life and lose his title because of stupid decisions he made in his social life. And had he had that WBC world title when Canelo was with matchroom and trying to become undisputed at 168, Benavidez would have got his fight at that point. And let me tell you, if Canelo had fought all the other guys for all the other belts and then not fought Benavidez, that would have looked like a duck. That would have been um, seen in very, very negative light among boxing fans, even diehard Canelo fans. And the Mexican media would have really, really heavily criticized him. But Benavidez didn't have a belt. So Canelo didn't need to fight him. And he was able to fight uh, all the other guys and get all the belts. And it's Benavidez's fault. So I don't feel bad for him. I don't. And if Canelo Alvarez never fights David Benavidez, honestly, at this point, I don't give a shit. I just don't. Um, now, do I want to see the best fight the best? Yes. But I'm going to get to that because there's actually the best fight at 168 is not Canelo versus Benavidez. You all, you got it twisted. That's not the best fight. I'll tell you which one it is. But first, Canelo versus Munguia. Now, a, a lot of fans in America may not see Munguia as a big star, but from my sources in the Mexican media, People I talk to down there all the time. Jaime Munguia is more popular down there than David Benavides. And a fight between Munguia and Canelo gets the Mexican whales, the Mexican money involved in a different way than Canelo Benavides. That's what I'm hearing. When I say Mexican, I don't mean Mexican-American. I mean Mexican-Mexican, okay? Bringing in the whales and the money from down there, Munguia is going to bring more of that action than Benavides. That's what I've heard. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my sources are wrong. We'll find out. But if that fight were to come together, 
Okay. I'm just, if, if we see Canelo versus Munguia, I won't say when I'll, I'll say if right here, if that fight happens May 4th, then I think maybe we'll have some of my friends from the Mexican media and stuff come on the show. And we'll, we'll talk to them about just how big that fight is down there. Because I think a lot of American fans are just unaware of how popular Munguia is. Okay, anyway. So a fight between Munguia in the United States may not sell as many pay-per-views as a fight against Benavidez. But then again, maybe it does. But globally, especially in Mexico, it's probably seen as a bigger fight because it's between two Mexicans. Canelo versus Benavidez is a Mexican versus an American. Yeah, he's Mexican. I get it. He's American. He's a Yankee. So it's still Canelo versus an American. Canelo Munguia, Mexican versus Mexican. Big deal. Um, then Canelo versus Crawford. Now that's being tossed around. Do I want to see that fight? No, not, not particularly. I really don't. Um, I, you know, do I think Crawford will give Canelo more problems than Charlo? Absolutely. For, for several reasons, but mostly just because he's a much better fighter than both Charlo brothers. The, the Charlos have always been overrated. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I say overrated in that people consider them, some people with agendas, consider them pound for pound elite level fighters. They're not. They're just short of that. They're very, very good. They're just not great. Crawford obviously is. So um, I do think Crawford would give Canelo problems. But, but guys, I mean, it, that's a three-division jump. And I get it. Canelo is long in the tooth. He has missed a step. Canelo three, four, five years ago would have stopped Jamel Charlo. He would have cut him down and stopped him. Not the same guy right now. So uh, Crawford has a chance. But I got to favor Canelo in that matchup. And, and it's very interesting. And if Crawford could pull it off, he'd be undisputed at 40, 47, and 68. That really puts him in some historical, um, really highly up there historically. It puts him in a, a different class. But if he doesn't, and Canelo just kind of has another decision win, okay, both guys make a lot of money. Crawford makes a you know, career-high payday. Okay, great. But what does it really do for the sport? I, I don't know. And then uh, the one other name is Jamal Charlo, who, that, guys, that, that fight just is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, and shame on PBC for putting Canelo up against Jamal Charlo. It's, it's part of why they're in the situation they're in right now. Just, again, uh, <clears throat> you guys have seen some of the rumors. Okay, so Jamal Charlo's out. Who do I want to see Canelo fight? I want to see Canelo Munguia. That's what I want to see. That's that is of those three fights, that's the best fight. And then maybe um the other two are they're I mean, all of them are good fights, okay? But maybe you build to the other one. So, like you do the Munguia fight first, and you build to either the big Crawford clash or the Benavidez fight. Also, Benavidez, truthfully, they can fight next year. If I'm Canelo. And I'm in charge. I'm going to wait him out even longer. I'm just telling you guys the business and force Benavidez to keep making weight, but at a very unnatural weight for him. He's he's a cruiser weight that melts down to 168 um, in a very unhealthy way. So, um, all that being said, the best fight in terms of action 
and being the two top guys in their prime at the best, the peak of their careers, the best fight that you can make at 168 right now in 2024. Are you ready for this? It is David Benavidez versus Jaime Munguia. That is the best fight between the top two super middleweights right now. Canelo's the champion. I get it. But he's on the, the downslide of his career. Now, look, I'd probably favor Canelo to beat both those guys, honestly. Until I see, until I see a detrimental amount of slippage in Canelo, I'd probably still favor him to beat those guys. But I, it, it's going to be tough, real tough. And he could lose to either one of them legitimately. I actually think Crawford's the easiest fight of the three for him from a physical standpoint. But just in terms of styles, where both guys are at in their career, um, and then you have a potential for a second or third fight between these two, Benavidez Munguia. Why is nobody talking about that? Why is nobody talking about that? I get it. Different promoters. Different platforms they fight on, although Benavidez might not have a platform soon to fight on. But <clears throat> either way, I'd love to see that fight. And I, I just personally think, like, of, of all the matchups I can make at 168, that's the one I'd like the best. And, oh, by the way, no calls today, guys, because I'm not going to be on very, very long. Um, I, I don't have much time, so we're not doing any calls here. But... Uh, that's the fight I want to see, man. That that's really what I'd like to see, and it's it surprises me that like no one's talking about, like no one's mentioned it. I haven't heard anybody mention Munguia versus Benavidez. Why? We should be talking about that fight. Canelo again. Canelo's a superstar, but Canelo's at the point in his career where that Canelo Crawford fight is kind of the direction he probably wants to go in. Okay, um, and it's understandable. But if if we can get not that I want to see it. I'm just saying, if we can get Munguia and Benavidez to fight, man, that'd be fun as hell. That'd be fun as hell. All right, Super Chat from USC Trojans own. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it, Sant. She says, hey, Mike, any new Canelo news? Leaving the pecket, pecket. <laughs> I don't know. If, it could just be me because I'm a illiterate. I, uh, I don't know what that word is. Um, I, I'm not going to divulge, again, what, what I've heard, but there will be some announcements coming up very soon that are going to be interesting and have an effect on the business of boxing in America. I'll just put it that way. Thank you for the super chats. And thank you to, to Sunil Demon with the super chat. Thank you so much, Demon. Uh, he says, thank you, Mike, for all you do. You're one of the few boxing voices I listen to. I listened to a lot of analysts over the years. It seems I am a masochist. God bless you and your girls. Thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. And I'm sorry that I don't get on here uh, a whole lot anymore. Oh, PBC shit. <laughs> okay. USC Trojan Zone says PB shit. <laughs> now I get it. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just going to leave that alone for right now. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about some things related to that platform and other things very, very soon. Okay. But um, yeah, so I'm sorry, guys, I'm not getting on as much uh, right now, but man, it's just, it's ruined the thick of it right now with a 15 month old and a three month old. We're just in the thick of it. 
it's not going to be this way forever. Uh, we'll be getting back on uh, often, more often, uh, once these girls grow up a little bit more. Uh, USC says Mungia is still the same guy who robbed a Euro bum, Mike. <laughs> it was going to be jag-handed over as a sacrifice to Triple G. Yeah, he has improved since he was going to fight Triple G. Um, but I, look, I'm with you. Um, I, I'm with you that, um, look, is Mungia an elite-level guy? No. Is Benavidez an elite-level guy? I don't know. I mean, some people think he is. Sometimes he looks like he is. I don't know what to think of Benavidez because his resume is so weak. And Mungia's is too, right? But I'm just telling you guys from a physicality standpoint, they're going to give Canelo something to think about. I really do think the fight with Crawford would be an easier fight from him from a physical perspective. Yet, skill-wise, obviously Mungia is the easiest fight of those three. So it's up to Canelo. He's in the driver's seat. And he's going to be able to go his own way and do what he wants to do and fight the guy he wants to fight. Um, but I'm telling you, man, Canelo Mungia, it's, it's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun fight. Um, okay, let's um, let's review um, what took place last week. I have a few thoughts on this Thursday night boxing. I'm not going to spend too long talking about this, but last Thursday, February 8th in Las Vegas on ESPN. Tiafima Lopez gets a unanimous decision win over Jermaine Ortiz, defends his WBO junior welterweight title. Um, he came in as the big betting favorite. I heard it was like five to one. It might have been even wider than that. So he was the big betting favorite. A lot of people thought that Ortiz won the fight. Uh, it was close, but in my eyes, I just felt he gave away too many late rounds and he just did not do enough. I was totally fine with Tiafima Lopez getting the decision. A lot of people out there score fights based upon their pre-fight expectations. And when one fighter's underperforming and another guy's overperforming, it changes the way they score a fight. But that's not how you score fights. You score fights based on who's doing more. And for me, just barely, the guy doing a little bit more, particularly in the second half of the fight, was Tiafima Lopez. And that's where his class uh, helped him out and helped him shine a little bit. Uh, shine is the wrong word. This fight sucked. This fight sucked. And quite frankly, this whole show sucked. Because in the, in the co-main, Keyshawn Davis destroyed Jose Pedraza. That's an awesome um, performance from Davis in that he it was a test. And he passed the test of flying colors. But Pedraza fought Gervonta Davis when? I feel like that shit was almost a decade ago, but it, it, it couldn't have been. It had to be 2016, 2017, something like that, when Tank fought Pedraza. And he beat the hell out of Pedraza every bit as much as Keyshawn Davis did here. And Keyshawn Davis was fighting a guy who was healthier. He wasn't draining himself weight-wise, but he was way more beat up and past his best. So good performance from Davis, did what he was supposed to do, but I'm not going to get that excited about that win for him. Does that mean Davis is ready to contend for world titles and all that? Yeah, slow down. But the main event, really, really disappointing. And now, now Top, Top Rank has done Thursday shows uh, twice recently featuring their young American stars, two of the members of the Fab Five, Shakur Stevenson, Tiafima Lopez. Both fights were won by those guys, but they disappointed. 
they they bored everybody to death. There was nothing dynamic or exceptional about their performance that made you say, man, I got to see this guy. And I wanted to talk about this because of the Thursday, Thursday night boxing thing. So there are some people out there that are like, um, man, boxing tradition is you have to fight on Saturday. And to those people, I say, read a book because there's no such thing as this Saturday night boxing tradition. That's made up bullshit from promoters in recent years and media members who have no historical knowledge of this sport. You go back in the day, there were there was boxing every day of the freaking week at different times, okay? There was afternoon boxing. Dudes would literally get off on their lunch break or uh, guys who worked um, early shifts and like construction and stuff or at the docks, whatever it is, they would go to afternoon cards at times. Okay. So there was all kinds of boxing at different days, different times, this whole Saturday, it's, it's gotta be Saturday night. That's nonsense. So I like the idea of Thursday night boxing. Here's the thing. It's a weeknight. People have to get up and go to work on Friday morning. And even if you're not working right now and you're off of work or, you know, you're, you're on leave, paternity leave, because you have young babies. You know, like, I got to get up at 7 in the morning because my little girls get up, and they don't give a shit if I'm tired, if I'm sick, whatever. They're, they want to eat. They want to play. They want to do their thing, right? It is simply not worth it for me to stay up till Friday morning because that's when the main event takes place with these cards, right? Takes place at midnight, 1230, whatever. And by the time the fight's over and you watch the post-fight interviews and all this, it's going on two o'clock in fr Friday morning. It simply is not worth it to me to stay up that late where the next day I'm going to be tired as shit with all my responsibilities and all the things I got to do. It's not worth it for me to stay up to watch that shit. It's just not. Not only was the fight a showcase fight. Again, look at the betting odds going in. It's a showcase fight. We all knew who was going to win. And some of you guys are like, I thought Ortiz was going to win. Uh, no, you didn't. Shut up. No, you didn't. Everybody thought Lopez was going to win. Okay. There's all these 2020 hindsight. I, 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 I thought Jermaine Ortiz was going to pull it off all along. Really? Show me the receipts. Show me your gambling slips. All you heroes on social media the day after. You guys all knew that Tiafema Lopez is going to win this fight. Even if you thought that Jermaine Ortiz was going to fight him well or make it close, you knew who was going to get the damn decision. You know who the A-side is coming in. That's why the odds makers had the odds the way they did. Part of the way odds makers do odds isn't necessarily who they feel is going to win the fight in reality. It's who they feel is going to win the fight on the scorecards. You feel me? So keep that shit in mind, all right? If you're going to do, and look, I know some of the guys from Top Rank listen to this show. Some some of the guys that work over at Top Rank. I know because we, we talk offline. Um, guys, a humble suggestion from a consumer of your product. If you're going to do Thursday night boxing, actually do it on Thursday night. I think this show started at like 10 o'clock here. 10 o'clock. Man, that's 10 o'clock to watch that just showcase after showcase to watch Keyshawn Davis beat the shit out of a zombie who needs to retire. And I, Pedraza, no disrespect, very good fighter, uh, has done a, a tremendous service for a lot of young guys coming up and, and, and been that, 
gatekeeper level dude that they needed to beat to, to show that they were moving on to the next level. So I give him so much credit and he's carved out a fantastic career for himself, but he's a shell of himself. You guys can't tell me he didn't look shot the hell in that fight. He needs to retire. Um, if you're going to put on that card, how about it starts at, at the, at, at the latest, it should start at 7 p.m. The show should run from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time, meaning show starts at 7, main event goes on at 9 p.m., fight's done by like 9.45 or whatever. You have a post-fight interview, wrap-up with uh, Bernardo Suna and, and all the, Timothy Bradley, all those guys, and the, the broadcast is wrapped by 10 p.m. That is the way weekday boxing should be uh, produced. That would make sense. People get home from work, they eat dinner, they get their kids fed, they get changed, you know, take a shower, whatever they're going to do. Now it's 6.30, 7 o'clock, boom, there's some boxing on. Oh, shit, okay, let's check this out. You know, if you, you got to put your kids to bed, 8 o'clock, 7, 8 o'clock, while the undercard's on, okay, cool, you get all that done. You're wrapped up by 8, 8.30, you can relax and watch when the co-main and the main event are going on. That is the way it should work. And I understand that there's this, you know, well, this was on ESPN, the, 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 the prime network. I got you. And there's the sophistication to that compared to putting a, a show on ESPN2 or ESPN Deportes. I got you. I, as a consumer who is paying for your product, okay, I'm not the casual fan. I'm not the guy that's just tuning in and just flipping channels. Oh, boxing. I've seen the Rocky movies. <laughs> Let's watch this. I'm not that guy that you're hoping to get, which by the way, is a fucking pipe dream that you guys got to get over. Boxing promoters, you are no longer fighting for, for casual fans. They've let you know how they feel about this sport. They're gone. <laughs> They're going to tune in a few times a year for the three or four guys that actually break through. Uh, and it's mostly through so social media now. And th those names are Ryan Garcia, Canelo Alvarez, and in, in, in North America. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, Ryan Garcia, Jake Paul, and maybe Javante Davis, just barely. But he's nowhere near as big as those other guys. That's it. You promoters are fighting over diehard boxing fans now. You're splitting us up because there's so much content. The, the market is oversaturated. So now you guys aren't fighting over casuals to tune in you're fighting over diehards to tune in that's the reality look at the fucking numbers look at the ratings okay so i would rather i'm telling you as a consumer i would rather you have a fight card on from 7 to 10 p.m on espn2 or espn deportes on the sister network and i get it the ad revenue is different i i, I get all that i'd rather see it there if that's what you got to do then put it on super late on ESPN. Because guess what? I didn't watch. I didn't watch the Shakur Stevenson card. It wasn't worth it to me. I watched a day or two later on YouTube or on the app, whatever it is. There are fewer and fewer cards that are worth it for me to watch live. And I'm not alone in that. You have to put on... Now look, if I talked earlier about Jaime Munguia versus... David Benavidez. If that fight's on, yeah, I'm going to stay up late and watch that shit. That, that's right. Fury Usyk. I don't have to stay up late. Peter Biev, Bivol. I don't have to stay up late because they're going to be fighting in Saudi Arabia. But if they were fighting here in America or North America and um, it was on late, I'd stay up. For that kind of fight, yeah, I'll stay up. 
But for this shit? No. That's why your ratings are dog shit. So if, if you're going to put on showcases, at least put it on at a time where it makes sense to watch it. Because it's Thursday night. What the hell else is on? I'm putting on some Netflix documentary. I'm putting on Cocaine Cowboys and watching that for the hundredth time because there ain't shit on TV, right? TV sucks. Put something on that I can watch in prime time like a normal human being, I might check it out. But if you keep putting on shows like this and the main event don't start till the next day, your ratings are going to continue to suck. Just a humble suggestion from a consumer of your product. Okay. Speaking of fights that no one really gives a sh shit about, and I'm not going to stay up late to watch, uh, we have another Thursday night card. This one, uh, this Thursday on the 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, from Commerce California, Golden Boy Promotions on DAZN, uh, a platform I have not been subscribed to for quite some time. Joseph Diaz Jr. going up against uh, Mexican native Jesus Perez at 140 pounds. Diaz has lost three of his last four going back to 2021. Perez has lost five of his last eight going back to 2017. So in terms of overall importance for the sport, this fight is not very meaningful. But style-wise, matchup-wise, Mexican versus Mexican-American-wise, it should be a lot of fun. Um, they do, Golden Boy does shows out there that casino and commerce very, very um, often, very frequently. The, the people there in that community uh, enjoy those cards. They, they go out. So they always do a fun little crowd there. It's a good atmosphere. It's fun. Am I going to stay up late and watch this? No. If it's on at a decent time, I would. But anyway, um, again, I like the Thursday night cards. I like it. Just put it on at a time that makes sense. You know, Pro Box does so good with that. Pro Box puts on weekday boxing and they do it right. They do it right. I don't know why other platforms don't look at what they're doing and be like, hmm, okay, let's, let's give this a try. This Friday, February 16th, Matchroom on zone. They have a card from Mexico with a junior flyweight title bout on there. Um, it's a, a decent fight. Uh, then um, Madison Square Garden, New York, top rank has a show on ESPN where Oshucky Foster, uh, the second defense of his WBC junior lightweight belt, the vacant belt, it was Shakur Stevenson. Was it Shakur Stevenson? Yeah, it was Shakur Stevenson's and uh, it was, became vacant when he got stripped. Foster won that. This is his second defense going up against Abraham Nova. Decent fight, decent matchup. Uh, again, though, if the main event goes on at 12.45, yeah, I'm not watching it. I'll catch it later. Uh, none of those fights are good enough where I'm like, yeah, I got to stay up and watch it. You know what I'm saying? The next fight coming up that I think is any sort of breakthrough kind of fight that's going to draw uh, mainstream interest is in March between Anthony Joshua and Francis Ngannou, March 8th in Riyadh. Uh, that fight and the whole card that they have there, they have some interesting fights on the undercard. That's something that I'll look forward to. Depending on the pricing and all that, I might check it out. I'm not going to pay 80 bucks for that, but if they have it priced at $40 or something, I might check it out. I might check it out. Okay. <clears throat> Let's make sure I didn't miss anything before we bounce off of here. Um, before my daughter wakes up from her nap. Let's see. Um, Timmy Turner says Saudi cards are the best main event at 8 p.m. in Europe and overall stacked fight cards. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm loving, look, do I think that 
these Saudi cards are going to be a regular thing years from now. No, I think that this is a temporary thing. And you see these waves in boxing all the time, right? People get involved for a little while. They spend a bunch of money, but they usually, it usually fizzles out. That's probably what's going to happen here. But while these cards are now look, Saudi Arabia will be involved in boxing going forward. I mean, you're just going to see more and more boxing over in that part of the world. I do uh, believe that, but are we going to be getting all these Big, big fights all the time. I don't know about that. Either way, I'm going to enjoy this stuff while it lasts because these fights are on at a decent time. Uh, I can watch them Saturday afternoons, early Saturday evening. It works out great, and they're fun. So, yeah, man, I I'm with you. All right. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Oh, Timmy brings up another good point here. I thought it was interesting when Naoya Inoue said that Javante Davis is pound for pound worthy and should be ranked a little higher in a pound for pound rating. I didn't see that part, but I did see the part where he talked about uh, Stephen Fulton and American boxers not liking to get hit much. He basically kind of called American fighters soft. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> RP says, great mention about boxing time slots. I'm in California and I still fell asleep during the main event. Dude, I miss watching sports in California because, uh, yeah, man, like, the fights would be over, you know, uh, and this is, you know, before I had kids and all that. Um, I was single. Fights would be over and it's like, I would I would be working a fight card at StubHub or Staples, whatever, and it'd be done. And I'd wrap up, do my post-production, get everything off to my editor. And, you know, you're at Staples Center. You're in downtown L.A., man. There's so much going on all the time down there, right? At least when I lived there. It's, it's not quite the same right now. But um, the last couple of years. But, man, we we go out afterwards. I'd have my laptop and just throw it in my backpack. And we just go out, hit the bars, and just have fun, man. And um, some of the guys I was on the beat with, you know, you guys know these names. Friends. Friends of ours. We'd uh, hang out after the fights, have a great time, man. It was awesome. Can't do that here. <laughs> Just can't do that here. Uh, Hardcore Troubadour says, good day from Alberta, chaps. Rarely see TNC Live. So glad to be here. So glad that you're here. And I was glad to be able to do this um, and jump on real quick. Just for, for those of you just now getting on, just wanted to recap. Um, not taking calls today. I didn't have a lot of time to uh, to talk. So I just want to jump on here for like 40 minutes. I'm going to go here in a minute. But I wanted to catch up on fight schedule coming together, give my thoughts on what Canelo might be doing and bring up, you know, a great month of action if we get Canelo on May 4th because you get Canelo versus whoever and then Fury Usyk and Peter BF Bevolt within a month, dude. That's awesome. So I just want to talk about that. And I wanted to review and preview the fights coming up for the rest of this month. And what we recently saw, because it's it's just relevant to the overall discussion, man. Um, we need to, boxing just kind of needs a, I don't know, dude. Um, and I hate to use the word overall, but just a couple little tweaks, man. It's it's like I I, I just I'm struggling to find the right analogy. But right now, uh, boxing's always had a million issues, right? You're not going to fix everything. I'm not even talking about that. Even with all its issues that we accept, all the bullshit, all the nonsense, it feels like it's an old car struggling to start up in the morning, right? 
you turn it, it's just like right the starter, and finally it's it starts up, right? Or it's you're you're puttering down the street. It's 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 slipping when you shift gears. It just needs a tune-up. It needs to go to the shop. It needs a tune-up. Maybe it needs a transmission loop, something. But it just right now, I just feel like it's just laboring. And week in and week out, we're getting fights like Lopez Ortiz, Diaz Perez, even Foster versus Nova. Like, yawn. That's just where I'm at right now. I know I'm not alone. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Um, real quick. Hard Times Boxing asks, any confirmation on Canelo requiring PBC to put his guarantee in escrow prior to a second fight? I'm going to close with that comment because, um, look, all I'm going to say, do I have the absolute information? No, I don't. Have I, was I, am I in the boardrooms and I, you know, in these conversations? No, I've talked to people in the know. I've heard things in the coming days and weeks, news is going to drop as it relates to Canelo Alvarez, as it relates to PBC and other things. Okay. I'll leave it at that. The reason why I wanted to do this catch-up show today is because when that news drops, I want to dedicate a show to it. All right, guys. Appreciate you hanging out with me on a Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll do it again soon. Peace.